Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Kids Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is a special guest. Thank you, Trey, for having me. Um, we're going <laughs> to tell everybody what your name is. He's going to sit there and be nameless. I figured you'd go a special guest, Bart Cox, <laughs> but uh, no, my name is Bart Cox. I'm the uh, creative director at Fox 44, and I am honored to be here in place of Solomon. Well, I can't replace him, but... I will be in his steed. I appreciate you coming in. Yes, Solomon is not here, so this is a kid-less podcast. The old dude stays in the podcast. So all you have to do is try as hard as possible to inaccurately summarize movies, and um, we should be fine. I hope I make him proud. So this week we're going to be discussing uh, what is... It's it's not even an indie darling at this point because it's gotten so much press attention, and that is... Uh, Darren Aronofsky's movie, new movie, The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser. The Whale, yeah. So, is it Brendan Fraser or Fraser? Because people keep arguing about this. Really, I just figured it was Fraser. So, when I was younger, I always used to say Brendan Fraser. I did too, but I don't know if that's correct. Well, there's the show Fraser, right? It's spelled differently. So, if you're reading it, it looks like Fraser. All right, we're gonna say Fraser from now on, and you can tell us if we were wrong. Did, do you think that he made this role for Brendan Fraser? Because he fit it so perfectly, in my opinion. Um, I read a lot of interviews with it. So he, apparently a couple other people were approached before, but he did, Brendan was like on a short list of people he had an idea that he wanted to work with. And then he worked with him for a very long time. Uh, and I think that they said that because of, I think, COVID and a bunch of other things, that they kept not knowing if the movie was ever going to get made. Right. So um, whenever they, you know, had everybody together and got rolling, he was really excited. Right. But um, yeah. So let me give the synopsis. Right. Yeah, quick. I was going to say, let's. Why don't you give a okay. plot synopsis of this uh, movie? So not to we try not to have any spoilers here, but uh, no, we do full spoilers actually. Okay, great. That's awesome. Um, this movie is about a father that. Uh, that it seems that he is a uh, he, he's really into he, he a professor online for English essays and, and writing, and uh, he's estranged from his daughter, his uh, ex-wife, and uh, and there's a tie in between Moby Dick and himself because he's morbidly obese. Okay, wasn't as concise as I would like, but I think it's keeping <laughs> right in line with what the synopsis should be like on this show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so a, a lot of controversy. Uh, this movie came out whenever, well, I think it came out at Sundance or, or Cannes Film Festival, one of those, so. one of the big festivals. And um, it was pretty much at the time universally praised. I mean, all you were hearing was about how it got like a 10 minute standing ovation at the end. Um, everybody was saying it was amazing. 
well, once it got a wider, bit wider release with more critics getting to see it, um, in came the uh, the controversial. Um, I don't want to say the controversy police. We don't want to be that kind of show, but no, it's hard to explain. There were some people who it seemed were looking for a fight from the beginning, uh, the because the movie's called The Whale, and it is about a very extremely morbidly obese man who um his his organs literally can't support him anymore it literally uh, starts with monday and gives you day by day so you know something's coming right and and his uh, very very early in the movie his nurse um tells him that he probably isn't going to make it through the week if he doesn't do something right congestive heart failure uh so but I think I think the biggest controversy, maybe I'm oversimplifying that, or the, the reason for the controversy, and and people have written a lot of words about it. But I really think it was whether or not you were already offended at, before you saw the movie, because the movie's called The Whale, and you see a large obese man's face. They that is while people were thinking that this movie is calling this person a whale, but the whale is really just like a, like you were saying earlier, the whale is a reference to Moby Dick, but I don't think that he was con- like comparing himself to Moby Dick. No, not at I all. think it was just a, he was more like, Moby Dick's about people with uh, futile obsessions of things they need to do or they can't let go of, that ca- end up killing them, that are going to kill them. Um, and, I, I mean, the I, it's, it's based on a play, they couldn't have changed the name, but I, I think that maybe they wouldn't have had as much controversy if they would have not called it the whale. Well, the, the thing that the, the the part that I got about it being the whale was that that was the essay that his daughter that right. he has not had a close relationship with at all that feels abandoned from him and is literally mean and vicious towards him. Uh, that's her essay, right? Which I didn't catch at first until the end. Whenever she starts reading it, then it yeah, ding ding ding. I probably should have caught it quicker, but I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to be a reveal at right. the end. Right, is that that essay that he's obsessed with about Moby Dick is from his daughter? Right. Um, which honestly, uh, it's it's a really great scene, and we're kind of jumping around here. We'll go back we to the beginning. I, I don't, I don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I just want to say that the. I, it's one of those funny things where it works so perfectly when you find out it's his daughter's essay. But before that, when you don't know, you assume it's like a, his favorite college essay or maybe an essay that he wrote. It's not that impactful. It, it's not yeah. that impactful of a, um, of an essay. Let's just say it's, not that it's, great, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's like fresh, something that a talented freshman in high school would write. It's right. not that insightful about Moby Dick. Um, but then when you read the, it was like an essay she wrote in eighth grade, then it makes a lot more sense. Because right. for an eighth grader, that's a really great essay with a lot of, you know, insight. insight. Yeah, exactly. I thought the same thing. So um, we already said that this movie's directed by Darren Aronofsky, but um, really the cast is just about four people, I think, total. So it's Brendan um, and I don't know anybody else's name. They just all escaped my well, head. Well, it's the... the the girl from Stranger Things is in it. I know, but I can't think of her name. It's oh, really driving it's, me insane. Uh, uh, I can't think of it either. He- no, I'm thinking Heather. No, it's not Heather. No. I can't think of it either. But, yeah, um, uh, that red-headed girl from Stranger Things. Right. One of the one that is in the video. That yeah, the one who's running, running up the, the mountain or the hill. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so we'll just call them by their character names because nobody doesn't really matter who the actors are. And I've point. seen the, the ex-wife before, but I don't know where. 
Yeah, she's in a lot of things. She's also a character actor. She's like a British. Oh, I actor. forgot that she. I forgot that she was even in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, brief part. Yeah. So um, for the most part, this is a movie with uh, Brendan Fraser's character is Charlie. So it's Charlie, his daughter, his caretaker uh, Rose, and then a this kid. Uh, this kid who's like a Mormon. It, it, they make it clear that he's not actually Mormon. Probably they don't want to get sued by Mormons, but. He's basically some kind of like Mormon life missionary. Yeah, New Life. Yeah, from like New Life Church. So these are like the only people in his orbit. So we're really watching somebody. Well, sorry, go ahead. Then there's the delivery guy. That's true. This is one, and when we get further down into the story and the plot, uh, that's one thing I wanted to bring up because I didn't realize it um, until he actually sees him. But we'll get into that later. But there's a delivery guy that's kind of a side. It makes you realize that his view of the world wasn't wrong. Yeah. So, so when we get introduced, uh, he's already, he's already gotten to the point of obesity where he's, um, he's dying. Oh, you know, very much so. And he's briefly saved from having a heart attack or something, um, by this young Mormon missionary kid who we're going to shorthand call him Mormon missionary. (laughs) Uh, Eminem. Yeah. So, uh, he's kind of saved, I mean, he basically has him read this letter. So first, you can't kind of tell if he's having a heart attack or if he's having a panic attack because that's yeah, I couldn't tell. Either. Reading an essay is more what you would do to calm down somebody who's having a panic attack. But whatever, we find out very quickly that his heart is failing. And yeah, we really are just watching a week of them trying to give us a sense of what this guy's life has probably been like for quite a while now. And it um, obviously involves copious amounts of eating. Um, that was another thing I wanted to ask you about or your opinion about Yeah, was every time something bad happened to him or, or, um, he was disappointed, he would go and eat Yeah, everything, especially at the end. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's a combination of, um, yes, I think he had, he had gone from just using food as a comfort mechanism or whatever. Which so you can see in the movie, like you were saying, that is still his instinct. But at this stage, he is wants to be dead. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, his quality of life is gone. So his um his eating is like a, a, ho- a hostile attack on his body with a purpose. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's not about he's not trying to really enjoy. It. Now he has an addiction. You can see that. Um, but there's like the part. There's a part where um. He like almost chokes to death on his sandwich, and the n- nurse is like, realizes he's not chewing his food. Has to do a sumoplex on his back yeah. to get it to come up. <laughs> yeah, but you find out he's not chewing his food. He's really just like swallowing. He's just trying to get it in there. At that yeah. point, he's not enjoying not food anymore. It, yes. Um. There's a. It is. I don't know how to say this. I thought the movie was going to be. Do do kind of more of a seven pounds thing. Did you ever see that movie? I did not see it, but With I heard Will it Smith. Good. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Um, about. I, I would argue that movie is not very good, but to each his own. Maybe that's why I didn't see. It. <laughs> it's just really a manipulative movie. But in that movie, um, you know, Will Smith's character commits suicide at the end, and you find you find out that. Um, he was talking to all these people because he's going to give all of his organs to these different kind of people. Um, obviously, Charlie's organs not going to be very good for <laughs> donating. But I was thinking that it was some kind of situation where 
he wasn't going to the hospital or he wasn't doing all this stuff and he was doing eating himself to death because of maybe he had like life insurance or something like that. And once you realize that that's not where the movie's going, it's much more tragic because it is about somebody who just let things get out of control for a long period of time and has a lot of self-loathing. And now he's done. He's not. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that really tore me up about the movie. And once again, I have to recommend this movie as a, as a brilliantly acted movie. I mean, Brenda Fraser was amazing. The special effects to make him look obese like that was amazing. Whoever did it. But the thing that tore me up a lot about it, that was that, the positivity that came out of him to everyone else except him. Right. It was heartbreaking. I mean, he was so, he would build up his daughter, you know, all the time, like, you're great, you're perfect, you really got, even when he picks up the notebook, there's three lines, three stanzas, and he's looking at it and he reads it, and it becomes a a, a sonnet or a, a haiku. Haiku. And yeah. then starts rejoicing. I mean, it's, I don't know. That to me that was like there's this guy that has no reason to be happy at all and he finds the joy in other people's successes and and, and he finds goodness in even people that are being horrendous. Oh yeah. Yeah, the daughter for one thing. Yeah. I think that uh so there I I'm going to compare two different kind of takes that people have had on the movie. Obviously I'm with you. I think this movie was really good. I highly recommend people watch it. I'm not going to bury the lead there. Uh, but we, we have on one hand, I can't remember what I'm not going to actually, I'm not going to plug other people's movie sure. reviews, sure. <laughs> but, um, on the one hand, I, I read a review by a guy who was saying how much he loved the movie and he cried the whole way through. And he, um, he was, he was talking, saying as a person who is morbidly obese and has struggled with weight for a long time, I, he's like, I obviously haven't gotten to the point that Charlie's at, mm -hmm. but the amount of um, compassion it has for him. And it's not self-pitying. It's not, it's not trying to, no one's trying to get him to do anything else. Um, and they, they just really it resonated with them. They felt very, very seen by the movie. On the other hand, you have the people that say, Oh, this movie is just uh, wants us to leer and, 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 you know, mock the, the big fat man and, or, uh, you know, worse yet, they say pity him. And then you have, I think those are the biggest, you know, quote unquote hot takes. I think that people in the middle, non hot takes that are just, I frankly, idiotic are the people who are saying like, oh, they're making him look all grotesque and they're body shaming and blah, blah, blah. The man's about to die. If you, if you can't tell somebody that's going to die, if they don't, if they don't get this under control, if you can't say anything because you're so overly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like being overly. I don't know what polite is not even the right word. <laughs> if you're so, if you, if you believe that that's how far you need to go when it comes to quote unquote body positivity, you're not talking about body positivity anymore. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, when he describes the things that are going on, there's nothing positive happening with his body at this point. He has given up completely. And even to the effect where, um, the nurse tells him, uh, if you don't go to the hospital, you're going to die. Right. She flat out tells him and he didn't want to do it, but he doesn't want, he wants to give all of his money that he saved to his daughter. So there's a, there's a goal an end game that he is playing with that, but he's just hurting a lot of people on the way out. Right. Cause no one had seen him for a long time. And when they do see him like the ex-wife, they're like, 
didn't know it got this bad. It was bad before, but this is bad. Yeah. And I, he can't stand up. Yeah, he can barely stand up. He gets a wheelchair very early on, and that makes him a bit more mobile. <laughs> mobile, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is this is not. I think those shows that you see that are like my eight hundred pound roommate, or you know, what I mean, my nine hundred pound sister. Those shows, I think, are completely lying and pretending like they're being compassionate. When those shows are, let's go look at the big fat person, yes, exactly. and, and you know what I mean. Yep. Um, Objectifying them. Yeah, I don't feel like this movie was doing that at all. And I, I just kind of want to get that out of the way because I'm sure everybody who hasn't seen the movie yet has definitely probably read something about sure. it. They probably already have an opinion about what or how the movie is going to be. Right. They've seen the six minute standing ovation on Facebook right. for him. Yeah. Which is deserved. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it's deserved. I was, I forgot it was completely Brandon Fraser for the whole movie. Um, and some of the scenes just, like I said, are gut riching tear you up and some of them are very uplifting i mean at the very end from just from a personal uh experience i thought that was beautiful i was like that's really awesome yeah there's um an element to i quickly got over the fact that he was a like morbidly obese person yeah like like and it's it this is a very extreme level of you know what i mean very extreme um so it's it is I would say meant to create a certain feeling in you. You know what I mean. It's not how the human body should look in a in in a healthy way. You know what I mean. But you quickly only see Charlie, and that I think is really amazing. So I can understand why it could be considered offensive by some people if you're like, well, they're kind of doing a Beauty and the Beast thing where he's like this beastly person or like Rigoletto. Sure. But quite frankly. Um, that mo- movies have been doing that for a long time. Long time. Like, look at the like, and I'm not talking about Beauty and the Beast. I'm talking about with real illnesses. So, what's the difference between causing you to be able to see the humanity in this extremely um, obese person and seeing the humanity in like the kid in the mask? Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's still a di- that's still something that's wrong with you. Right. You can't just act like people don't see things that right. way. And I think this brings me to the thing that you were going to say about the delivery man. If you wanted to talk about that. Well, the the delivery guy seems like he cares. Right. He knocks on the door. Uh, Charlie leaves the money in a in the mail drop. He's in an upstairs apartment. So we'd have to have compassion for the people that live below him, right? I mean, yeah. when he could walk. I guess it wasn't as bad anymore. Um, but, yeah, so this delivery guy makes it a point to tell him his name. He's always delivering to him just uh, every night he's there. And uh, checking on him, saying, "Hey, it's me. Are you okay, Charlie?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Even when he's not fine, because almost uh, died at the one part. But at the end, or near the end, and this was what was cool about Aronofsky's way of doing it. I mean, the the apartment itself is very grim and moldy, musty. It's got that dirty kind of saturated feel. Um, And then at the end, it you know. In the beginning, it was sunny, and then it starts raining uh, towards the end of the week. The delivery guy comes, knocks, just like always. Charlie had been through a little bit of an incident, and as he goes to uh, to get his food, the delivery driver's on the stairs, and he just kind of laughs like, and I was worried about him. He's just, you know, a blob. Yeah, he looks disgusted. He looks disgusted at him. And so that's yep. when Charlie goes on the ravenous food binge. Right. To, to where he regurgitates it. Um, 
Hey, sorry, Barb. This is my fault. Uh, I let us go over time by no like problem. four minutes. So let's take a quick break. Stay tuned. And we'll come back and finish our discussion of the whale. And, and now, now a word, word from, from our sponsors. sponsors. And we're back with the Kid Stays in the Podcast, Sans the Kid. Yes, and we are discussing the whale. The whale. Um, it's funny, I always reintroduce what movie we're discussing. They were listening to a podcast, not like they thought it turned into another show in the middle. <laughs> so, yeah, you were talking. I'm of, new to this podcast thing. You were talking about Aaron. Well, we, we do the same thing. You were talking about Aronofsky, like kind of the way he, he uh, shot and. Uh, well, not just shot, but like the way he built the uh, the apartment image and the atmosphere. Yeah. So, I want because I do want to dive into s- some of the other characters besides just um, Brendan Fraser's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the apartment. I think the biggest thing is it feels like a lived in real space, and it doesn't have normally in a in quote unquote Hollywood movies, you know, big movies. They either go too far in one way or the other. Yeah, um, it either feels too much like a set and it's too big, so it doesn't feel like an apartment that somebody making a crappy salary would be making, like Friends, for instance. Right. <laughs> or they make it too disgusting, where nobody would even be able to come in there, or you wouldn't be able to move around. You know what I mean? Right. Just Especially like a, least, like yeah. a hoarder's kind of yeah. situation. Yeah. So this, I thought they did a really good job of making it seem like. Uh, it wasn't it was definitely decrepit starting to get more decrepit but it wasn't like covered in trash everywhere and everything you know what i mean i think that's because the the caretaker came in that's true yeah yeah did you know did you know that was her brother did you realize that was her brother yes yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah um so you i guess to get into that dynamic yeah i think we should we because we needed to talk about these other characters so we find out pretty quickly that charlie hasn't seen his daughter in eight years and she's very mad because he reaches out he to her chose the the boyfriend yep. yes because he left he left um his wife and daughter for one of his male students we find yeah. out high school student no no not high i mean i'm student. sorry college student. <laughs> that'd be a very different kind of movie um yeah college student and uh you know they kind of make a point to clarify that it was night it was night classes for adults so adults, he wasn't that much right. younger and they didn't start de- dating until after the semester was over you know what i mean yeah they couch it up but Essentially, we also find out that his partner, because he's alone in the being in the movie, so it's, you could infer it anyway, um, uh, committed suicide at some point. So because his parents were the new life. Yes, right. Uh, founders of new life. Yeah, his, they were like they were like some. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where they're fi- they're the founders, but they were like some higher up people there. It. Yeah. So that's the, that. By the way, is the fake Mormon church or the Mormon stand-in church that this missionary kid is a part of? So here's here's the thing. Some. Uh, some people have obviously Sadie Sink is her name. Thank you. So some people have said that Sadie Sink's performance is amazing. Some people have said, including one of my favorite critics, um, he hate he did not like this movie very much at all. But uh, not because he found it offensive, he just didn't like it. Sure. But he he basically said he felt bad for Sadie Sink because he hated her performance. But he hated her her mostly he hated her character. He thought it was. The most contrived, not realistic, you know, blah, blah, blah. Essentially, he thought she was too mean. Uh, and nobody's all the way like that. Yeah, I can get that. But I w- the, the pushback I would give is, well, first of all, it's a movie. So, exactly. it, you know what I mean? So you can say maybe it's overwritten or whatever. But the point is not that she's just mean. It's that she is supposed to be so awful. So he can he can disagree with the choice. But the movie isn't just putting her in there to be mean. The When, the, when his ex-wife... 
her mother comes to visit him, she hates her basically. Hates her. She, because she's so angry, she's so bitter, she's so awful that she calls her like pure evil. Right. And basically says that she was trying to protect the reason she didn't start letting him see her once she wasn't angry anymore was actually to protect him Damn. from her. So this is an intentional choice because as we discussed at the beginning of this, the movie is about how Charlie keeps being able to just absorb blows and absorb blows and then see goodness in people and put it back out into them. That doesn't work if you have a kind of stereotypical relationship where the daughter's just kind of mean, but then she's like, well, why did you leave me? And he tells her and they hug and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. You need her to be almost like demonic level evil and she wasn't just mean to the dad to charlie she was mean to the the new life the oh yeah yeah mean to the kid because she would record it and she made him do drugs she recorded him doing drugs she recorded his whole speech on why he was there and in turn tries to i don't know how you took it i thought she was using it to hurt him by telling the parents but it turns out he comes in happy-go-lucky like yeah god is real uh you know, my parents want me back. They don't. They're forgiving me. Yeah, she. Um, it was that was a crazy little pull yeah. of emotions there. Yeah, and I think that um, you. I think it. I think it makes it to where whenever um, she does have a, any kind of flash for half a second, and they're they are flashes at very, best, very minimal of kindness or empathy, that um, it feels more powerful. And I I just completely disagree with um, with Tim Brayton's critique of that performance and of the characters written I, I thought it was very i thought it was extraordinarily vicious uh and she played it well because i believed it but i i have to say on a certain level i kept thinking like that's just downright evil mm -hmm. but i do know that there are kids that feel abandoned and they lash out so i know what he was trying to get that point across and it is a movie and it's an extreme movie because of the you know brendan fraser's character charlie so that I understand why they did, but at the very end, making her have emotions really sure. kind of brought it all back to back around and made it a, a complete circle for me. So I, again, I, when I first watched it, I didn't know how to feel. I was kind of like in a like, whoa, that movie has affected me in some way. Yeah, and then I went back and watched a couple of scenes just that I wanted to re reassess and and think about, and that's what I got from it with Sadie Sink's character was that yeah at the end, her realization on, on that's why he wants to always hear this essay of hers that she wrote in eighth grade. It just, it all wraps it up really nicely. I thought, yeah, very well written play. I agree. And I, and also I like the, the playwright adapted his own play into a screenplay. So it still has a very stage play feeling to it, Very much. but Aronofsky is not a flat kind of director. So he still gets a lot of depth out of those environments. Um, a lot so. of, uh, circling like a drone yeah. almost in his house. Yeah. And there is a theatric, not, and I mean this is like a cinematic theatricality in the way, and this is why some people thought the movie did feel like it was leering at at Brendan Fraser um, and his you know huge body was, but to me they were filmed. They were I I, I I can't say they weren't filmed like a classic Universal monster movie. These certain scenes, because I think at some point they wanted you to see him fully. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you when notice he first stands up when there's a couple the little girls there in front of him. Yeah, like when he stands Godzilla. up, yeah, he like it's like he's rise. It feels like he's twelve feet tall. And I know. It's enormous, and his body kind of looks like Godzilla in a way with the long. <laughs> you know, he's, it kind of shapes down as a pear, 
And if you look at Godzilla's shape, it's almost like a Yeah, head. I was thinking like King Kong. But yeah, it's, either way, it's, it's shot from an angle that's not... I didn't I didn't feel like it was so, it was actually supposed to be grotesque no, no, in those no. scenes so much. It was supposed to make it that seem like me. he was just enormous. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I mean, like enormous and like just fully sized. And that's like. why I wondered if they wanted Brendan Fraser from the beginning because he's a bigger guy in the Hollywood circle, you know. And then he has a sweet... To me, he has a sweet-looking face that kind of is welcoming, and uh, he really pulled it off in the with the with this character. I mean, I haven't seen Brendan Fraser do anything in live action except for Doom Patrol, and he wasn't particularly large in that. I mean, he was a little bit bigger than he the was mummy? in the Mummy. Oh, I, he wasn't big in no, he, he wasn't, wasn't big. In the but mummy. No, not at all. Oh, do you mean like tall? Yeah, he's just like a oh, taller yeah, yeah. actor. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're. A lot mean. of actors are five foot eight. Sure, or, sure. Yeah. Um. And and we're gonna run out of time, so I'm, we're gonna unfortunately give short shrift to Rose, his caretaker. She is amazing. She is really good, um, and uh, she does a great performance. But here is the one thing I would say about the movie that for me doesn't work, and obviously feel free to disagree. Hope, <laughs> hopefully, you hope hope you do. Um, not, this podcast doesn't work if we're not always exactly. fighting with each other. You have to have opinion. So, um, I did not actually think by the end that the missionary kid thing worked i can understand why they kept it the character in there because through him you get exposition from um rose about why her brother like you said that was her caretaker's brother was charlie's partner that committed suicide through him you get the exposition about that this religious thing so even if he got a note that said, I think this character doesn't really work, pull him out. You're looking at really rewriting a lot of the structure of your thing. So I can understand why they did it. I think they should have rewritten the structure of the thing. Because quite frankly, the only thing that that is in there to keep is this religious element. Sure. That felt incredibly shoehorned into the movie at the end. Like at the beginning, I'm like, where are they going to go with this? You know what I mean? Yeah, I did too. And then I didn't know it went to where it went either. At the end, and him being just stealing, I, he wasn't even part of the new life, right? But that's not that's not the part that didn't that doesn't work for me. The thing is the big thing at the end, because there's nothing new or insightful about it. It's just, oh look, religious people are really bigoted against gay people. Not not new. That's not new information. That's not new. Not a new thought. No. Um, we know that people of all different kinds of religions have been bigoted against. Uh, gay people for a long time i'm not saying there's not a movie that should be made about that but to have his entire character just boil down to he's a, he ends up being a hypocrite too you know what i mean like two things two things that are completely not interesting to talk about anymore when it comes to christianity as far as critiques from from outside the religion is christians are hypocrites and christians don't like gay people you know what i mean yeah. there's just nothing new there and it's tacked into this movie very awkwardly because you realize at that scene at the end whenever he basically he's saying he's trying to save him he's trying to save him and then he admits that he finds him disgusting and repulsive yeah because it's his it's his uh boyfriend's uh passage that he keeps reading over right. and over yeah yeah about the body and the flesh and the yeah so he he and it, we find out that it's that's the other thing we also find out that his boyfriend committed suicide because he couldn't get over his parents disapproval of him being gay so if you actually just took that whole thing out of the movie, the whole religious aspect of it, that missionary character, you're left with a tighter movie, I think. And then 
yes, you would have to, if you wanted, if you needed the exposition dump about the boyfriend committing suicide because his parents were really religious and they wouldn't accept him, if that is something that playwright was needed to be in there, right. I don't have a problem with it, but you have to make it a more minimal part of the story. Right. Because at the end of the day, why he committed suicide is not a major part of this movie. No, but maybe it's why, that's why he ate and became so big. Instead of talking to Charlie about his feelings and the, you know having this the struggle with his parents, instead he just went to the Bible or he went inside himself and could never get it fixed, and maybe Charlie feels guilty. Like, why wouldn't you come to me? We really did love each other. Why wouldn't you come to me with that? I don't know. There's some. Yeah. There's something to do with that 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 affects Charlie to where he's eating. I think his there's feelings. I think there's something there, but I I would say that it's probably more about trying to make parallels between shame. You know, Charlie's ashamed because he couldn't save his partner and because he abandoned his wife. At the end of the day, he knows he still abandoned his wife and his daughter. I don't think he realized that till he was gone, though. The partner was gone. Right. Yeah. He was all about the partner. Yeah, and that happens a lot of times. Whenever uh, so. In relationships, I mean, not not the, oh, not yeah, the specific yeah. situation. Oh, no, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I think that it's about shame, like parallels with shame. And I don't have a problem, but making it religious. This is not me saying that movies shouldn't be allowed oh, to critique or attack or whatever, make commentary on on religion in any way. I just think that if you would have just kept that plot line like that, and made parallels between the shame, let people kind of figure it out. But by making this one specific church. Like, you know, it's very weird. It was like this one specific church that everybody seemed to know about. And um, and then just that ending just made it to where that character no longer had any. You saw him for the cipher that he was. And it was like, for whatever reason, he was like, I want to make sure I have make a very pointed allegory here. And then all of a sudden it it felt like it took away from all the beautiful nuance of all these performances, or whatever. When it seemed like at the very end, they're saying, see, look. Christians killed all of them. <laughs> if it wasn't for the Christians, none of this would have happened at all. That's true. It's just a bizarre, it's like a bizarre Scooby-Doo <laughs> unveiling of the true yeah. villain of the piece. It did feel like that, yes. <laughs> um, I was just really, especially because there was, obviously the guy said his parents said they forgave him, but it, it was actually really nasty. Um, it felt really like a nasty way of treating a character in a movie that was about finding humanity and compassion. Yeah. And now it was like that guy just be, this became a non-character. He just became he became the metaphor for whatever the playwright yeah. was trying to say. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I, but I didn't think of it when I watched the movie about that at all. It, that, now that you say it, I'm reassessing it. I, what I took from that ending part again is there was the hypocritical part uh, where he comes out and says, "You do repulse me." Right. But I was taking it more on, even though that rant went on, it was Charlie going. Wow, she did that. She sent that to your parents. She saved yeah. you, and him being so excited about that. And that's what the, that's what the focus of that scene should have been, because right, that's what it's about. So that's the reason why it kind of it's a it's a weird way to taint. Thank God, though, it did taint it. That's yes. not the that's not the end of the movie, because then they we had that final five minutes with his daughter, which just had Very me powerful. just devastated. Me too. Shouldn't shouldn't watch a movie like The Whale when you're already like feeling like maybe you want to watch a sad movie. <laughs> That's the only time you're going to watch it, but it's also the time it's going to hit you the hardest. It does sure will, yeah. All right, well, we are at time. Bart, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Let's, thank you for having me. Let's uh, give our final rating. You can't use a contemporary rating, even though we don't always follow this rule. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie, um, let's say, I'm going to do a scale of 1 to 20. Okay. Even though I can't do math very well, so I'm probably going to give the score wrong. I'm going to give this um, 18 out of 
20. Whoa, that's high. 18 out of 27. What would that be on a normal scale? I don't know. It'd be three and a half out of five. Okay. Okay. Let's do the five star. I'll do. I'm gonna. I'll do eighteen. Yeah, eighteen out of out of twenty Moby Dicks. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say Moby's Dicks, but then that was gonna sound inappropriate. Well, it's such a such a targeted movie. Like I said, not, this movie is not for everyone, and it's gonna leave you feeling a certain way. But the the performances are powerful, mm-hmm. um, and for that, you know, I have to give it a, a and the directorial uh, guidance was really good and. There's some Aronofsky films that I just don't get. Some of them I love, and this is one that I love, and I will give it. I won't go as far as 18. I don't know what the what the basis of a 20 star or 20. Well, he's got to make, make it up. But I'll give it a 17. Out of 20? 17 whales out of 20, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's our show. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Trey. Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media podcast. <laughs> <laughs>